as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Talk about your crazy start to the offseason. Welcome back to the Top Pair Podcast, recording Monday night at 7.08 p.m. I'm your host, I am Eric Weinstein. With me, as always, your draft and analyst of the year, Nick Maxwell. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. I uh, think I did pretty well during that draft analyst, if I don't say so myself. I, I, think, I think I nailed probably like eight, seven or eight of the top ten picks. You, so. uh, listen, I'll take it. I mean, I was very impressed with how many of these guys, every time I was watching, I was like, Nick talked about that guy. Nick talked about <laughs> that guy, too. Oh, I heard Nick talk about this, but before we really get into this, we have breaking news. Oh. Alex Did Petrangelo it? is fine. Per Pierre Lebrun, Alex Petrangelo oh. is finalizing a deal with the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, baby. Vegas, baby. I just think of, like, Alan from The Hangover in the car. Vegas, baby! Woo! <laughs> Um, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Didn't even let me, like, settle in and, like, and, like, just, like, take a drink of water, like, you know, get into our our banter. Well, hang, nope. hang on to your hats, because I just saw a tweet from Elliot Freeman for Petrangelo Deal. Seven years, $8.8 million. Oh, my God. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I just scrolled through Pierre Lebrun. I'm told it's 8.8 for 7 from Petrangelo in Vegas. So, two sources. The Alex Petrangelo sweepstakes, if you could even call it that, is over. There's going to be a new captain in St. Louis. And that Vegas blue line just got that much better. Alex Petrangelo. Maybe the biggest name, second biggest name of the UFAs. He's going to Vegas. Wow. I really didn't think we were going to end up seeing that. It's going to be super weird watching that guy in those weird gold, yellow, mustard, almost colored jerseys that the Vegas Golden Knights are rocking next year. Um, man, that's that's talk about that's a stacked blue line now between him and Shea Theodore and Alex Martinez. Of course, obviously they need to move money out to get cap compliant. But wow. Well, the the news was that they were looking to move Nate Schmidt. There is apparently a deal with Florida in the works, and then that deal, I don't know what happened when they got the kibosh. So that deal is off. But you have to expect that Nate Schmidt, who has been a key contributor since the Golden Knights have been a thing, um, is going to be on his way out. And, man, that's... Imagine looking around in that room. Like, you know one of you is gone, right? Like, Nate Schmidt... William Carlson, maybe it's Flurry, maybe it's like Pacioretty even. Like you're just kind of looking around, being like, "Well, one of us is leaving if this guy signs." Yeah, you got to feel good. I guess the guys who don't make a lot are probably like, "Yes, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be able to play with them." Yes, entry level contract, yeah. league minimum. <laughs> and then Cody Glass is safe. I don't think he's going anywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, Alex Petrangelo going from blue to gold with the Golden Knights. Whew. I mean, well, that's a great headline right there. That should be like the right? headline of the morning newspaper. Thank you. I bet Michigan Wolverines fans are going to like that. Blue to gold. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow. I, I don't really know what else to add. I mean, I mean, we picked a perfect time to start recording. That's for damn certain. Yeah, I mean, shout out to us for, for I mean, figuring out what exactly to record. I mean, 
that front office in Vegas, man, they just they just keep keep on keeping on making the right moves and you know, good on them. So who's he gonna play with? Who do you think his D partner is gonna be? Theodore. Uh, I mean, that's a well, dis- he plays the right hand side, right? So I think it's most likely gonna be probably Probably Shea Theodore, if I imagine. I mean, Shea Theodore plays the left and right side, or Alec Martinez plays the left side too. So it's going to be one of those two. But either way, talk about that's a with how good Shea Theodore was when they got to the bubble and afterwards in that playoff run. I mean, that's a hell of a first the first pairing on your defense right there. That power play is going to be horrifying, as if it wasn't already, and it's now. It's just oh, we're going to add Alex Petrangelo to. Yeah, play. especially like, like think about if you Pete DeBoer too. You just came from a team in San Jose where you had Brett Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic, and Eric Carlson, and now it's like, oh, okay, I have Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore, and Alec Martinez, probably. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> like, yeah. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just you know, oodles and oodles of strong defensemen. I mean, can't hurt. Um, well, tell you one thing, Robin Leonard's going to be very happy to hear that that he's got such a strong defense core with him here. So. All right. I didn't even know who I wanted to start with. Because Alex Petrangelo said, you're starting with me. Um, might as well might as well talk about your team, the biggest signing of the day yesterday. I, Thanks I for not you, answering I, me when, you I, didn't, I, when I called you, a, by the way. I was at a football party yesterday, and I had my minutes. phone over on a table like, while I was playing cornhole. And, like, my girlfriend just came up to me. She was like, your phone, like, won't stop going off. And, like, I go over my phone. and like I have, like, eight text messages and, like, nine phone calls from, like, all my friends and stuff. And, like, I didn't even believe it when they were sending me screenshots that Taylor Hall chose to go to Buffalo. Like, I had to, like, go through. I, like, I verified it with, like, three different of the insiders. And I was just, like, and I just, like, turned around. And I just shouted, Taylor Hall's going to Buffalo. And everyone was just like, what? Who? Like. And I was just like, oh, yeah, wrong party for this. But either way, I was still elated. I couldn't believe it. Out of all the options that he probably had, um, I mean, it's a one-year deal for 8 mil. So, I mean, Hall's probably not worried at all because he's just going to you know, probably move at the deadline if the Sabres aren't competitive or in a playoff spot. So I think if you're the Sabres, this is a fine move, too. You're going to get this guy playing with Eichel. You're going to keep Jack happy by doing that. And worst case scenario, you're going to get some really good trading assets that this guy has to be dealt with at the deadline. Um, the only way this really derails, in my opinion, is if he gets hurt somehow and misses a huge extended amount of time, or if he gets COVID. <laughs> well, yeah, that's Which, always in the back of everybody's mind. Um, you know, COVID is still very much a thing. Um, but man, Taylor Hall going up to Western New York. Um, like you said, keeping Jack happy. It's a one-year, $8 million deal. Um, by the way, full note trade for Petrangelo. Um, anyway, uh, you know, keeps Jack happy and Hey, best case scenario. What if the Sabres are competitive? What if the Sabres can finally end that playoff drought? What if Taylor Hall likes it in Buffalo? You never know. And they still, they're going to have tons. They still have tons of space. I think, you know, there's still decent amount of cap space there. If he wants to stay long-term, I mean, that's the perfect way to keep your captain happy. You give him the elitist of the elite wingers to play with in a former Hart Trophy winner in Taylor Hall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we just everyone just saw what Victor Olsen did earlier last year when he was playing with Jack, and then he was getting all, some, all that opportunity on the power play. 
I mean, dude, the dude is just an offense. I mean, people can try and poke holes in Jack's game, but he's as solid as number one center as there is in the league. So, I mean, maybe this is a great long play by Taylor Hall in his mind because maybe next year the cap goes up a little bit and he gets even more money than $8 million that he's looking for. And then maybe the year after that, I don't know. But he's certainly a guy who was confident enough in his game to bet on himself. And I think this is just a win-win all the way around. I agree. And it just, man, I just, I texted you. I said, that's going to be my, my go-to team in NHL. Just going with Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel on the first line. I mean, that is, and you want to put Jeff Skinner with them? Great. I mean, that is that is one of the more complete first lines in the league if, you know, you go Skinner, Eichel, and Hall up front. Not bad. Not, yeah. Not bad at all. Um. <laughs> And then I'd say maybe the third biggest move after Petrangelo and Taylor Hall is Petrangelo's old team signs Boston's Tory Krug, which I did not see coming. Um, Tory Krug, I believe, was a seven-year deal worth I think forty-five. Yeah, million about. Let's pull him up. Six point six million guaranteed, I think. Yeah, it's seven-year, forty-five point five million dollar contract. Good for me. Um, Elliot Friedman had it first. Um, kind of a slap in the face to Tory Krug by the Boston Bruins. Because he was asked, oh, what happened with the contracts? Um, you know, what happened with the contract talks with Boston? He's like, yeah, they were down a year ago. So Boston didn't even offer this guy a deal for a year. And he said, you know, for, I'm trying to refrain from using the cuss word, forget it. I'm going to go to St. Louis, the team that beat them in the Stanley Cup final. Um, I think it was Robert Thomas who had the great tweet. Um, it was like, what was it, like, hey, can we be friends now or something no, like it that? Was a, it was a, did we just become best friends? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah was, did we just become best friends? And it was Krug laying him out in the Cup final uh, two years ago. Um, slam dunk signing for St. Louis. They knew they were going to lose Petrangelo, obviously. And they come back and they get Tory Krug, who was – Probably the second best defenseman available in the free agent market. Yeah, and all the credit in the world to Doug Armstrong for working like the long game with his blue line. Like everyone thought last year, like the Justin Falk signing, sign and trade when they got rid of Joel Edmondson was kind of an emergency backup case in case they did lose out on Alex Petrangelo. Lo and behold, Tory Krug was a backup option. Yeah, instead of Alex Petrangelo. Um, but I mean, man, that's blue line with Falk. Krug, Karanko, Scandella, Gunnarsson, Bortuzzo. Uh, there's probably one or two other guys that I'm missing. I think Vince Dunn's still there. Like That's still as deep as the line as ever. Um, I really don't expect much of a drop-off in their play. I mean, obviously St. Louis disappointed a little bit once they got to the bubble this year. But, I mean, this this just screams success. I mean, this is how you run it. You had to make the tough decisions. I It, it was a weird stories coming out of St. Louis with, like, they wanted Petrangelo, but they wouldn't tell him the structure of the contract, and there was some sketchiness going on there. But I think every, like either way, Petrangelo, both of them are going to be happy walking away with their deals. I agree. Yeah, now it opens up, obviously, the captaincy in St. Louis. I think we both agree that it should be Ryan O'Reilly, um, but, I mean, who knows? It could be, I don't know. Yeah, Tarasenko. I could see. Like, I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I could see Jane Schwartz getting it. I mean, Ooh. he's he's been there for a few years. 
Alex Steen also, but he's kind of on a fourth line role, and I think it's probably his last year in St. Louis. So yeah. I don't know if we'll give him the captaincy for one year. But yeah, I mean, it it's, could also be easy pickings Ryan O'Reilly as well. Yeah, so there's a lot, a lot of changes in St. Louis. It, it must be nice. You lose this, you know, your captain, this all-world defenseman. So what do you do? You pick up this incredibly solid number one D mandatory crew. Not bad. Um, yeah. Not not bad at all. Um, so who do you want to go to next? I feel like there was like a million different things we could go to here. Um, how about the Jacob Markstrom thing, man? Was that shocking to you? Let's talk about it. Jacob Markstrom went to the Calgary Flames. It was six years. I believe it was six million per. Yeah. Let me get that. Well, even just like like we were just talking a second ago, like it just seemed like the Canucks just got gutted by everybody. Like they were the team that got hurt the worst by all this free agency. I mean, losing Markstrom, who I mean, the Hopi thing softens the blow, but at four point three. They gave Hopi. It's like, so 1.7 was a difference between you and Markstrom. Like, I'm kind of a little upset that they both couldn't come up, come to a, kind of a, some kind Just of bridge, anything. you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, so it came out, it was a six-year, $36 million deal. Um, there's a couple new goalies up in Canada um, for pretty much most of the teams. Yeah, Jacob Markstrom, I mean, if you've, if you've listened to us before tonight, you know how highly we both think of Jacob Markstrom. Um, was absolutely solid this year. Should have been a Vesna finalist. Um, he's going to shore up that net in Calgary, um, where it was kind of a question mark and goal at the past couple of years. Um, but Jacob Markstrom, you know, Jim Benning said, I have a quote here, if you're ready for it. I'm extremely happy for Jacob and his family today. For him to sign a contract like that, it sets him up and his family for the rest of their lives. So Jim Benning, happy for Jacob Markstrom. I don't know why he didn't Resign Jacob Markstrom, but that's not here nor there, um, because they did because they went with uh, former Stanley Cup champion Braden Holtby. Like you said, he signs with the Vancouver Canucks for two years with an average annual value of four point three million. I don't get it. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I get. I maybe this is trying to be like a calculated risk or like a forced risk by Benning, right? So like. Obviously, Markstrom kind of gets hurt in the bubble. Thatcher Demko comes in and plays really well in that like three or four game stretch. Um, you know, Quinn Hughes and uh, who was I just talking about? Patterson. Yeah, Elias Patterson. <laughs> um, they're both in the last year of their entry level deals, and both those dudes are going to command a lot of money. I think they're afraid of both those dudes getting offer sheeted, right? So. I think Jim Benning is saying we really got to step, kind of prepare ourselves for next year. It it sucks. Like Jacob Marstrom was a guy who really had to earn his way around. He was a good dude drafted by Florida. Actually played for Rochester, played Rochester Americans for a couple of years when they were the Florida Panthers affiliate, and he really struggled. And Ian Clark is the Canucks goaltending coach, and he put in a lot of work with Ben with Marstrom about with like his positioning and whatnot, because when he came to the league, he really struggled. But at the end of the day, I think this is a good fit. Though. I, I really like the deal for Markstrom. I really think that Calgary needed to really solidify that position. It was certainly their weak point the last couple of years. So I don't know. I, I mean, for the Canucks, it, it just seemed like 
just seemed like they lost too many huge pieces. Now we were talking about them being contenders for maybe the top seed in the West next year. Now I'm definitely not sure about that. Yeah, we were always saying, you know, they were one piece away maybe. And then now they're like, a lot of their pieces are gone. So they might be like four or five pieces away now. Um, So moving on from them, sticking in Canada and sticking with goalies, um, the Ottawa Senators made a trade with the Pittsburgh Penguins and two-time, two-time, two-time Stanley Cup champion Matt Murray is going to be between the pipes for the Ottawa Senators, I guess seemingly um, ending the, what's it called, the Craig Anderson era in Ottawa. Um, they traded the Penguins acquired Jonathan Gruden and a 2020 second round draft pick. It was a 52nd overall pick for Matt Murray to Ottawa, and Matt Murray's contract. Blah blah blah. Come on, Twitter. Do you have it up? I don't. Um. Uh, yeah, it's uh. Four years, 25 million dollars. Uh, Thank you very much, yeah, Elliot. Six point six point two five AAV. So, I mean great for Matt Murray. Um, that's a great deal for him. Uh, six plus million per, um, to be, to saw, um, be the number one guy in Ottawa. You know, he kind of lost his, kind of lost his starting spot to Tristan Jari and he signed a three year deal. So, you know, that Jari was the guy that they wanted to go with. They'll have Casey DeSmith who I forgot was a person back him up <laughs> and Matt Murray in between the pipes in Ottawa. I like the deal for both sides because it was, you know, Craig Anderson was, Definitely no spring chicken. He's kind of near the end of the end of the road here uh, in terms of his NHL career. And Matt Murray's still young. Played in a million big games, obviously, with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Kind of fell out of favor there, but I really like the deal for Ottawa. Yeah, I think, too, this is probably what, what kind of sealed it, too, was the, was the expansion draft happening next summer as well. Um, you can't keep two goalies nowadays because NHL feels like they can add a team every three years. <clears throat> but Pierre Dorian, I think, is really him and Mark Bergevin to me have been have killed this offseason. I think both those guys have really kind of helped out their teams a lot. Um, Dorian, to me, I think was the best had the best draft of anybody in, in the NHL. I love the, I love their three first round picks. Obviously, they got Stutzley at three, Sanderson at five, and one of those back end dudes who I really like, right? Ridley Gree, um at the end of the first round. And then, you know, you're picking up guys who I think are really important role players, right, besides Matt Murray. Um, Austin Watson is a dude who I really like. Uh, You know, Logan Brown making sure that he's going to be signed for next year. So, you know, obviously that was kind of the big thing, right, because they really didn't have an up-and-coming goaltender in their lineup. I think Pierre Dorian was aggressive in this, and he spotted, he knew that Pittsburgh was looking to kind of I got not punt Matt Murray away, but he was definitely on the table to be traded. I think at 6.25 for the next four years, this is going to be a great value contract as well. So hopefully he gets it done. I mean, Matt Murray had those two great earlier years for Pittsburgh, but kind of fizzled out the last two years in the playoffs. So hopefully he kind of finds his game a little bit, steadies himself. But I like these Senators going forward. I don't think this team is going to be a basement dweller for much longer. I don't think so either. And Matt Murray definitely fits the timeline there. Only 26. Um, I'm going to read off some playoff stats for him real quick, just because they're pretty damn good. Um, 
in the Stanley Cup playoffs, Matt Murray has a career record of 29 and 21 with a 9-2-1 save percentage and a 2-18 goals against. Not bad for a two-time yeah. Stanley Cup winner to now, you know, he might even, I mean, they're a young, younger team. So he's kind of like, at 26 and all this experience, he's like the old guy in the locker yeah. room. Um, so Matt Murray, I really like it. Um, I just like Ottawa. I mean, the owner's a moron, but I just, I, I like the team. They have a lot of guys that I like to watch. I mean, and they, they killed it in the draft. I think, I, like you said, Ottawa is yeah, on the I up think, and think, up. Yeah, I think DJ Smith has, has a lot more work with this year. Um, you know, that'd be interesting. Maybe they circle back with Duclair and kind of add a little bit more of that scoring touch that he had last year. So, they still have a ton of cap space, too. They're one of those teams that took up a lot of crappy salaries last year just to kind of make it to the cap floor. Right. So, I mean, we'll see what else Dorian has up his sleeve or if he's even allowed to spend money. I mean, we do have to make sure that that's on the table as well. Exactly. That's got to be, you know, allowed <laughs> is that he's able to spend the money. So, yeah, I, so. I just, I really like that deal. Um, so, some stuff happened with my team today. Um if you don't mind me going over it, uh, floor is mine. Okay, so the New York Islanders traded to Colorado. They traded Devon Taves for two second rounders, a second rounder in the 2021 draft and the se- a second rounder in the 2022 draft. Now, the Islanders have lost their 2021 second in the Andy Green deal, um, bringing Andy Green in um, for the playoff run. Um, this flat cap, this is a casualty of the flat cap. If I've ever seen it, Islanders have their three. They had their three RFAs: Taves, Ryan Pollock, and Matthew Barzell. The prize of the RFAs, I think. Um, and I guess they Nick Letty doesn't have as much value as they thought, so they weren't able to move Nick Letty's five and a half million dollar cap hit at this point. And Devon Taves goes out to Colorado, and as if Colorado needed more speed and more skill on their blue line. Um, Taves is going to be a member of the Colorado Avalanche. Um, this sucks. It really does. Um, Taves was on their power play. He kind of underperformed in the playoffs to say it, you know, nicely, but to lose a 26 year old homegrown D man, it kind of sucks, especially because it's really because of the flat cap. Yeah. I mean, this, there, just like Vancouver, like this is kind of the nature of the business, right? Like yep. If you have a lot of young talent, um, there's only so much money to go around, especially with it's not looking like the cap's going to go up in the next two to three years, maybe. So, you know, obviously guys like Andrews Lee, Brock Nelson, Jordan Everly, all those guys had, had to take up so much of that money. Um, they trade for Pajot. I'm sure that had a lot to do with it, too, giving him $5 million a year. But... I mean, this is this is a little bit of a sign that your team is on the uprise, right? Like, you have a ton of talent, and you just somehow can't fit it all. This seems to happen with every good team in the league, right? So, look at it from that way. I mean, I like the haul that Lamarillo got. I like the fact that he got two second-round picks. Maybe he can package those and move up. Or maybe they find somebody that they really like in the draft, and they find a good-looking defenseman in the second round. I think that's totally plausible. And, I mean, the way that they... They obviously are very confident, and I think they should be, very confident in Noah Dobson, the first-round pick in 2018, um, who played sporadically this year with the injuries. And he played well. He held his own. Um, he played in 
game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. And I thought, like, talk about trial by fire. I think he played very well, all things considering, in that game. Um, they still have Thomas Hickey. You know, he's still a person. He was kind of buried in Bridgeport the whole year. Um, so, and there's talks of an Andy Green reunion now that, um, that Taves isn't around. They're obviously looking to see if they can move either Letty or Boychuk, um, just based solely based on their cap hit. Um, like I said, it sucks, but I mean, the fact that Noah Dobson can get his, you know, now can step right into that role. Um, I'm, I'm very okay with that. Um, I'm going to skip the Corey Schneider news because that's just like, I feel like that's Lambert. Let's just throw in all, all schneids of bone there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, well, he's familiar with Corey Schneider. He, he worked with him when he was in uh, when he was in New Jersey. I mean, and like you said, in this pandemic, you had to prepare for everything, right? Like, if your goal, one of your goaltenders gets sick or gets hurt because of the condensed schedule this year, you need to have somebody that can step up. And for a third string goalie, you could do way worse than Corey Schneider. And I agree. Yeah, and if it doesn't, and, I think. And it's think a, of this too. He's going to be with one of the best goaltending coaches in Mitch Korn. So, I, I I would be okay with that deal if I was you. Yeah, it, it's obvious. It's a one year deal. It's probably for you know pennies. I didn't see how much it is, but you know Corey Schneider coming to the island. It's a nice place to live for a year. Um, yeah. So so what else we got? All right, let's just talk about, let's just get all of uh, Montreal done in one. So Josh Anderson signs the mega deal, seven years, five and a half million dollars a year. Tyler Toffoli, four years, 4.25 a year. Well, 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 Mr. Bergevin. Look who we have here. This is all all after he trades, uh, well, I guess in the Anderson deal, like gets rid of Max Domi, his star player. So. Touche, Mr. Bergevin. Yeah, I mean, I like both. I mean, maybe, I said this to you a few times, maybe seven years is a lot for Josh Anderson. Um, But it's not like, you know, we said it before, you said it. It's not like he's old. I think he's, what, 26? Yep, Um, 26. He had 27 goals two years ago? Yep. There's a really solid NHL forward there. And, you know, that's kind of the price for solid forwards these days. I mean, for a top-nine forward, you kind of have to pay a little bit, you know, for a guy like that. And I think the the more important deal for them is the Toffoli deal. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league, and I think that's a steal for the money that they got him for. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the other thing, too, is that both these dudes are big, strong forwards, right? You know, you look at a lot of the Montreal skill guys, Suzuki, Kakaniemi, the no, uh, Paul Byron, Brendan Gallagher, Drewin, all these dudes are kind of on the smaller side, right? And Claude Julian loves his big power forward types, like his Milan Lucic type. Now, I'm not saying Todd Defoe and Josh Anderson are like Milan Lucic, but like, you know, he wants some dudes who are going to put some pressure on these on these uh, opposing D-men, especially in these corners and especially in the front of the net. So I think this is really a good culture fit for what Julian wants. And I think this was really feeling a need. Um, I mean, with Montreal's blue line, like, when all these dudes are healthy, Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, Joel Edmondson, Ben Chirot, Kulak, like, that's a really strong blue line. It's probably under one of the underrated blue lines in the league. And obviously, Jake Allen and Carey Price, this is going to be, uh, this might be like my dark horse team to make it to the playoffs next year. 
And you saw in their series with Philadelphia, they were kind of getting pushed around by the bigger Philadelphia D-men in front of the net because it was the smaller forwards. Now you sign these two hosses. You put them in front of the net. They have scoring touch. I mean, you can do that on the power play, five on five. I mean, it just it opens everything up. It just makes everything a little easier on, you know, the small, lack of a better term, smaller guys. So I think two slam dunk signings, and I mean, so you, you lose Max Domi, who it was obvious that he and the coach did not see eye to eye on much. Um, oh, yeah, that was an awkward quote. Did you see that? He, did, he completely avoided the question. Yeah, on that were, one. he said, I'm not going to talk about that, which, or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically that's all you need to know about Max Domi. Um, and Max Domi signs a nice little extension with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm going to pull that up for you now. Yeah, Max Domi and his relationship with Julianne. Quote, I'd rather not get into that. End quote. So, so there you go. Um, Max Domi and Claude Julianne did not get along. That's okay. It happens. What are you going to do? Um... Max Domi, this is his third team. I don't know if that's an indictment on him or not, but um, do you have the extension pulled up? Because Twitter sucks and I can't find it. Um, let me look at it. Found real it. Two-year extension with an average annual value of five point three million. I think that's okay. fair value. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by that. I guess I don't know. I'm sure he. The problem with Max is that. He loves having that stage, right? Like he's always put. He played his best in his early years in Montreal. Um, I mean, also like when he was considered like the top line player, so he got all the opportunities to play. Right. Then, like when he was in the World Juniors representing Canada, like when he was in Arizona, like he was always kind of underachieving. And then he kind of like I feel like he wants that stage, right? Like he wants to be like in the bright lights. And now you're in like arguably the. I don't want to be mean, but I'm sorry, Ohio State fans. Like you're, you're in one of the more irrelevant markets in the NHL. It's a small market. We can we yeah. can call it like it is. It's a very tiny small market. Like you're you're basically in a college. Like you're a pro team in a very college town in Columbus, Ohio. So I I don't know how he's going to adjust to that. Now Claude Julien isn't the easiest coach to play for, from what I've heard, but. John Tortorella probably isn't either. Yeah, he's not going to hold your hand while you're trying to figure <laughs> it out. Tor- Torts is probably a tougher guy to play for. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the two-year deal is good for Domi because if it doesn't work out, he might be on his way to his next team. But, I mean, this is, your, your clock's starting to run out here for Max. $5.3 million, obviously you're, that's going to set you up real well in terms of like your financial future. But if you want to be a franchise guy, like – Ball is in your court now, man. Like you've got to take this by the threshold, and he's going to get first line opportunities. Um, you know, if he's at least if he's willing to move to wing. I mean, even if he plays center, best case scenario, second line, because you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna outcompete Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah, he's not going to usurp. He's not going to usurp Dubois as the number one center. That's yeah. I feel like that's set in stone. Um, yeah, at this point, it turns out it. After a while, you know, maybe it's not always the coach. I mean, if if you know, if he wears out his welcome in another city, I mean, at what point is it the player and not the coach? Yeah. So, um, I know this is the most you know nowadays. It's you know the the era of 
quote-unquote player empowerment. But after a while, come on. I mean, after a while, you can't be a dick. You got to, you know, listen to a coach. Yeah, and at a certain point, too, it's, it's going to be like a team respect thing, right? Yeah. Like, when you go to a new team, you have to, like, build those relationships yourself because you're forming yourself into somebody else's culture. So, especially a damn good culture in Columbus, too, where they've yeah. had success being the underdog and being the scrappy team and the little guy. So, Max, I, I really love watching him play, but, like, he's, he's got to get his game going, you know. And I really think if he wasn't Ty Domi's son, I think there was there would be a lot more teams that probably would have given up on him already. I agree. I, the clock is ticking yeah. on uh, Mr. Max Domi. Um, I hope it works out for him. I think he's a good player. I think... He can be a great player. It's just a matter of, you know, if he buys into what Torch, you know, if he smells what Torch is cooking and he buys into it, you know, he can be very successful. But I feel like that's a big if. Yeah. As we've seen. Um, yep, just got another notification. Alex Petrangelo has indeed signed with Vegas. Um, I had all this written down and my note got deleted of like free agency. So like what do you, what do you got? <laughs> I mean, there's still like a good amount of free agents that are out there that are still available, which is really surprising to me. I mean, Mike Hoffman has unsigned, again, Adnoff's unsigned, Ottenen, um, Alex Galchenyuk. I have no idea what he's even going to go to, or what kind of role he's going to be able to carve out for himself too. Talk about a guy who I think a lot of teams have given up on already. Yeah, to say the least. Um, well, we can do kind of you know. A slam dunk, sure thing signing. Uh, the number one overall pick in the NHL draft, Alexis La- Alexi Lafreniere, signed his entry level deal today. Um, a two way contract, um, you know, your standard entry level deal. Um, not much to say about that. I mean, you kind of saw it coming. Yeah, I would be shocked if he's playing for an AHL affiliate with the fact that he signed a two way yeah, contract. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much how it goes. Um, let's see. I got. Oh, another one that I kind of. I kind of expected him to get a short deal, but I didn't expect him to go to Edmonton. Tyson Barry, um, defenseman, yeah. signed one year with a thir- uh, $3.75 million cap hit with the Edmonton Oilers. Boy, putting that guy yeah. on that power play is going to be a nice thing to watch. Especially since they already had the number one power play, I think, this year. Yep. Freaking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, kind of a, a tough year to say the least, uh, for Mr. Barry, um, getting traded on over to Toronto and who had a solid year with them. But if you're not, you know, incredible in Toronto, yeah, see you, you learn the hard way that grass isn't always greener in your home, in your backyard. That's yeah. for damn certain. Um, you know, I really do like this move though. I think Edmonton has a lot of really good young defensemen, uh, Ethan Bear, um, can I still consider Darnell Nurse Young at 65? Probably not. But, um, you know, Evan Bouchard might be coming up this year. So I think that's a good, good signing for them. I mean, who wouldn't love playing on the same team as Connor McDavid? That's got to be fun. Yeah, not, <laughs> not, not the worst, you know. There's worse guys <laughs> to play with. But I really, loved, I really loved a lot of moves that Edmonton made too, especially now. Um even the Kyle Turris move after he got bought out from Nashville, I feel like I've been beating his drum for three years, so I should probably stop. Yeah, that's all right. But, you know, I I think the only questions that I have is that 
Edmonton get, didn't get in on this goaltender roulette sweepstakes at all. So that kind of worries me. But well, like they you said, he's going to be able Smith. to contribute on that power play. Dave Tippett knows his game pretty well. Um, I think he's just going to have to let him, you know, I think he had the quote about McDavid once. It's like, if you have a Ferrari, you let it go. Like, you don't just drive 30 miles an hour in the school zone. Like, you open this thing up on the back roads, right? And there's a lot of back roads in Edmonton. So I think they're just going to let <laughs> Tyson be Tyson and just let him push the, push the threshold from the back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I like. I mean, I think. I mean, I think that's a perfect fit. And if it doesn't work out, it's a one-year deal. One-year deal. See you later. It's not a problem. Not a problem. Um, let's see what else I got for cap friend. Well, we had a nice trade. Um, it was basically not not really a one for one, but the deal was between Chicago and between Colorado. Uh, Brandon Saad is going out to Colorado, and Nikita Zadorov is coming to Chicago. Not bad. I like that. I like that I, move I mean, for both teams. The one, the, the one team, the one thing that Colorado might have been might have needed this past year was a little bit more size up front, a little bit more grit in their top six, and that just that, that just covers checks it. both that marks. <laughs> that covers it. Um, I mean, for them too, and then it's like you lose Nikita Zadorov in your five six pairing, and then you immediately go out and get Devon Taves too. So again, Joe Sakic. He is so good at his job. <laughs> Remember how everybody was like, "This guy stinks" because of the I Matt Duchesne thing. I, I, I was, I was there too because I wanted Duchesne on the Islanders. But my God, has he just? He has built that team speed. He's built that team up front. He now gets Brandon Sod and Devon Taves in back-to-back days in trades. Not bad. Yeah, and now on your left side defense, like you have Devon Taves, Samuel Gerrard, whose game I love. Maybe Ian Cole or Ryan Graves. So. I mean, that's a really solid left side. And then, obviously, like, you have that guy, Cal McCarr. I don't know if he's any good or not. He's I think right. he won Rookie of the Year. He'll Eric Johnson. I mean, it, that's just that's just a really solid decor to go with one of the most loaded offensive groups in the league. So, speaking of Ryan Graves, he did sign today. He signed for three years, uh, $9.5 million, so a $3.17 million cap hit. A really good number for Ryan Graves, I think. Yeah, one of the, I think he's one of the underrated D guys in the league. I think Sackett can do that and wanted to lock him up for sure. Um, I mean, just a great job by their developmental staff. Ryan Graves is a dude. He's not. He's not definitely not Cal McCarr or anything like that. Um, but he was. I mean, he was a fourth round pick drafted by the Rangers actually, and but he's just that solid, steady. Um, in your face defenseman, he makes like hell, <clears throat> makes life hell on other teams. So again, just unbelievable job um, by Joe Sackick and his staff. Yeah, hate to say it, but he's doing a hell of a job. Um, let's see, Cap Friendly, what else you got for me? Um, all right, I mean, we can go ahead and we can talk about some of the. Just low risk, if you want to call them moves that the the basement dweller Detroit Red Wings made. Um, they signed Bobby Ryan, who was bought out from the Ottawa Senators. They signed to, I assume, to start in goal, um, my boy Thomas Grice on a nice. It looks like it's a a two year deal worth seven point two million. So Grice got himself a nice little payday there. Um, 
They slide Vlad. They signed Vlad Nemesnikov for four, uh, four million over two years. So, I mean, moves to, I guess make them a little more competitive. Nothing that's gonna you know excite you that much, but you know it's just got like they signed John Merrill, like hooray. Um, yeah, they brought in they brought in Mark Stahl. Obviously, I think we covered that last time. We did, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm, I mean, I'm honestly surprised that Bobby Ryan. I mean, maybe because he got the most money there, but I'm honestly surprised that Bobby Ryan signed in Detroit. Um, considering you would think he would want to go to a more of like competitive team, but you know, I like the move for Detroit. It just makes them a little bit more competitive. You know, maybe a little easier to watch <laughs> um, yeah. with guys that you actually care about. So I li- I like all those moves for for Detroit. Yeah, I mean, maybe, and maybe the Bobby Ryan thing is more about opportunity than anything else, right? Like, you know, I was thinking about him today, um, coming off of obviously everything that happened to him last year, having to go to rehab. I think maybe he just wanted a complete fresh start, you know, one year, one million dollar deal. But if you think about it, like, who are these like phenomenal wingers that the Red Wings have that are really going to take his spot? You know what I mean? Like, Sam Gagne is your stereotypical third line winger. Anthony Mantha is a really good young player. Um, and Bertuzzi is a really good young player. But, like, other than that, like, who is your second line winger? I mean, Darren Helm, maybe? I don't know. Maybe Vlad Mesikov. So, this could be more of just about Bobby Ryan trying to get an opportunity to play top six minutes. And maybe next year. I mean, he's 33. Like, he's got. He's going to have legs left after this if he still wants to keep playing. Um, I mean, obviously, God, God, please help that dude just keep getting the help and support that he needs. So I think that's number one for him, obviously. But I, I don't know. I mean, like you said, real low risk. I think that has the potential. Maybe he gets, you know, right under that 820 goal mark, like that 18, 19 goals a year. So that that's my take on it, I guess. Okay. All right. I mean, it's... I think it's a good take. I think I pretty much agree with everything you said, so that works. And um, what was another big sign? There were just so many that I'm like forgetting. Oh, um, going back to the um, the goaltending carousel. Corey Crawford coming to the Garden State, Newark, New Jersey. Oh um, yeah, Corey Crawford signs a. Da, 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 da. A two-year deal worth $7.8 million. It's $3.9 million cap hit. Um, another surprise, in, uh, in my opinion. Um, I, I was pegged that Brayden Holtby was going there. I was sure of it, um, but what do I know? Um, another guy who just didn't get a contract <laughs> offer from his the team he was on. Uh, two-time Stanley Cup champion. Another guy has been in a trillion big games. Um when healthy, you've seen what he can do still, even at age 35. Um, now, a nice little um, goaltending battery there with Mackenzie Blackwood and Corey Crawford. Um, again, I like the move for New Jersey. I mean, I feel like it's easy you know, to bring that guy in for two years, and then you could just hand the keys over to Blackwood after that. Yeah, a whole new regime starting in, uh, starting in New Jersey. I mean, obviously, Tom Fitzgerald. This was his first draft and free agency that he went through, obviously, and then hiring Lindy Ruff, who I know all too well. You yeah, <laughs> do. Mm-hmm. Being a Sabres fan. But, 
Yeah, I, I like the move too. I think this is going to be a real good vet presence. Um, there's really nothing that Corey Crawford hasn't seen. I think he's going to offer a lot of kind of wisdom for Mackenzie Blackwood. That being said, I could see Corey Crawford winning this starting job and running with it. He played really well in the bubble when he was finally healthy. Um, so, you know, uh, uh, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe they're a little bit better than what people expect next year. Obviously, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but, you know, between him, them getting Ryan Murray kind of helping out that back six, that back four through six pairing on their D, I think also really helps. I just think for them it's just going to be patience, right? Like, they have a ton of young players with, obviously, Jack Hughes and um, Nico Heashier and stuff, but... You know, it's going to be like adding adding some kind of like sandpaper to their game a little bit with Andreas Johansson and um, Brian Murray is going to is going to go a long way for that team, I think, too. Yeah, I guess we should talk about the Leafs moves too, because there were a lot of them. Um, we could do a forty minute episode on just the Leafs move. Um, how far are we in right now? We're at 45 minutes. We should probably wrap it up in a little bit, but I guess we can't have a podcast go without focusing on focusing on Leafs. So, so here are the guys that we have. Shout out Cap Friendly for getting me for this episode. Um, here they signed today. They signed Jimmy Vesey. Um, yeah, talk about a fall from grace from Jimmy Vesey. Everybody wanted this guy and he signed for... The hype for him got way, way too high. Yeah. I mean, he's still only 27. Uh, he signed a one-year deal for 900k. I mean, maybe he turns it around. Probably won't. Who knows? Um, duh, 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 duh. One that you were Wayne Simmons, the ageless wonder. Yeah, who I thought was way older than 32. I did also. He's uh, he signed for one year at a 1.5 million dollar cap hit. They need cheap talent, and yeah. to get again another guy brings a little sandpaper to the lineup. Um, stick him in front of the net and just fire pucks at him. He's bound to get a deflection or a few deflections in there. Um, Wayne Simmons kind of on the back end of his of his career here. It looks like so. You know, again another thing that's only another deal. It's only for one year. Um, a good signing for them, I think. Um, probably the their most significant signing right now. Um, T.J. Brody um, signed a four year deal uh, worth twenty million, um, five million dollar year cap hit. Just they needed solid defensemen, yeah. And TJ Brody, I think, is the definition of a solid defenseman. Yeah, he he really lines out, rounds out that top four. I mean, you got Jake Muzzin and Morgan Riley and, and uh, TJ Brody and Justin Hall. I think are their top four D-men. Yeah, really needed defensive depth, especially for them on their second pairing. TJ Brody, not uh, certainly not the most flashy guy ever. Um, he's yeah, he's the definition of a defensive defenseman, right? But he's obviously he's also that type of defenseman who's hard to play against, which is a phrase that probably, I probably say too much, so I probably need to come up with something else. But he's truly like that physical, in-your-face type. Um, analytics people are all split on him, whether or not he's good or not. But I, I really like that signing for, for Toronto. Um, you know, they're still going to have to work around a lot of cap cap problems because they still obviously I think are have like 400k left in signing money and still they need to fill out this roster a little bit more I think but um, you know I, I think this was a good move I think for them bringing in Wayne Simmons bringing in Bogosian I think are really 
cru- crucial for them, especially come playoff time. I think that's when those signings are going to show up more. Um, but yeah, I think Kyle Dubas clearly had a plan this offseason and stuck to it. Yep, and also a signing that came through uh, the other day. Um, they brought in Stanley Cup champion, your boy, uh, Zach Bogosian. Um, he signed a one-year, $1 million deal um, to round out the decor in Toronto. So, you know, they're making – and that again, another thing they needed. They needed cheap, playable talent. And I think Bogosian proved in the playoffs that he's still got a lot of gas left in the tank. Um, he had a nice – Nice playoff and um, another, you know, another good move by Toronto. Really, you don't really hear me pumping their tires too much, but you know, just solid, good moves to shore up their lineup. So, um, I think I got everything I wanted to talk about. Um, unless you want to talk about the Oilers signing Islanders overtime legend Alan Quine to a one-year deal, um, but I'll forever love Alan Quine. Um, Oh, here's one. Because um, so many things happen, I just forget. Um, the Capitals signed Justin Schultz. Um, yeah, that was a shocker to me. Two-year deal worth $8 million. I think that's a very nice signing for uh, the Washington Capitals. Because I feel like they never really replaced Brooks Orpik retiring. And this kind of yeah. like, and also a defenseman from Pittsburgh, I feel like that kind of like fixes it. Am I wrong? Uh, a, a different type of defenseman. I mean, I think he definitely adds depth to them. But Justin Schultz is definitely more of that offensive type. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you know, he was anything. a big factor in the Pittsburgh's power play, which I think. I mean, obviously, John Carlson is your power play one specialist, but Justin Schultz can certainly anchor that power too. That power play too. Um, but yeah, I think I think for them, they want to be a faster team. I think the Islanders really expose them with their speed, especially on the back end. I think that was something where they were looking at why they wanted to add Justin Schultz, um, a puck-moving defenseman, certainly. I think his, he can really help out their transition game, which they really didn't take advantage of last year. So, overall, I, I was shocked at that move. I really thought Pittsburgh was going to move a lot more pieces than, rather than Justin Schultz. But I think with them having John Marino um, on their back end is a defenseman that they're clearly very high on. So, I, I guess I kind of understand it. And they really needed to shake things up. But, I mean, Pittsburgh's loss is definitely Washington's game. 100%. And sticking in the nation's capital, um, they re-signed Brendan Dillon, who they traded for at the deadline. Four years, $15.6 million. It's a $3.9 million cap hit over four years. Um, you know, kind of like with TJ Brody, just a solid defenseman. They loved him in the locker room. Obviously made a lot of fans in Washington. Got a nice little payday for Brendan Dillon. So, um, decor in Washington is looking pretty good um, to be in front of the legend Henrik Lundqvist in net, who looks, I don't know if you've seen the photoshops, looks very nice in red. So, um, That dude could look nice in any color. That dude true. could wear like the old, like, remember that off, remember like the horrible jersey episode we did? Like, that could be like... He'd make, he make it nice. Those jerseys look pretty. He'd make it nice, and you can find those episodes in our archives. Um, yeah. So Lundqvist, I don't know if we talked about it, but uh, 1.5 million dollar cap hit for Lundqvist for one year. Um, this is probably it. Um, this is his last shot, and I, I mean, I, do I really want the Capitals to win the Stanley Cup? No, but you know, you want him to be successful, of course. Um, 
that's everybody I really wanted to kind of touch on. Um, you got anybody else? It, it's just there's so many people. So many people. There's so many, and yet there's still more to sign. That's I the know. crazy part. That's the best part is that we're still going to have content. And you know where you can find that content? You could, Content? You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. You can also find us on the homepage of the A1 Sports Network. That is a1sportsnetwork.com. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at A1 Sports Network. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Weinstein, two C's, two N's, and Instagram as well. You can find the podcast at Top Pair underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Nicholas, pointing at you. You, yes. You. Couldn't be. Then who? Yep, you can follow me. Usually always trying to work the Top Pair account. And then also you can find me on my personal Twitter at nmaxwell01. Or you can find me on Instagram at nickjmaxwell. You know what I found out is that speaking of the Twitter account, apparently people like know when it's me or when it's you. So I feel like that's good. Um, you know, you could figure, oh, I know who's tweeting from this one. Or otherwise, I like the mystery. Um, but yeah, so we, I mean, it's still a lot of unknowns, a lot of guys still unsigned, a lot of teams trying, working as hard as they can to get under this flat cap. And there's going to be a lot of surprising moves, a lot of, you know, just a lot of things you don't expect. Guys that can't hang on to guys like the Taves deal for me today. Didn't expect them to get traded. And now he's shipped off to Colorado. So, Nick, anything else you want to want to go over before we wrap this puppy up? Nope, just follow us along. Obviously, we'll keep the content rolling even after free agency is all done and dried up. Um, it's going to be a short offseason, it looks like. January 1 is the tentative date for the start of next year. Uh, we'll see if if 2021 has other plans or 2021 is going to actually be fucking normal for once. <laughs> I am praying for just any good news would be very nice. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to bring you the best news possible. I'm Eric. He's Nick. We're your top pair. We'll see you later.